Between recording the next episode of my podcast, running a business, and all of the things life throws my way, sometimes it's good to just get away. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis here. And let me tell you, I love booking a trip where I can escape. There's nothing like spending a few days at the beach, relaxing and spending time with family. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter your reasons, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door! Winning! No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes Hello and welcome To another episode Of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos Of course And man uh, I'm, I'm really excited About today's show Because I have An incredible guest Who I feel like I've just been Over the years Kind of seeing Through random outlets And random publications And, and hearing his story And kind of from afar being inspired by it. And I think the way that the universe tends to work, you know, an email from from his team ended up in my inbox, you know, a few weeks ago. And I was beyond excited to be able to sit down and have a conversation with this man. So uh, I, I want to bring him on my, my guest today that I think is going to enlighten a lot of people and give you the ultimate story of overcoming adversity. I mean, he is, man, a, a jack of all trades and an army veteran, a motivational speaker, a New York Times best-selling author. He also um, has some moves on the dance floor, apparently, because he won season 13 of Dancing with the Stars. And and he has had this rebirth in his life that we're going to get into, you know, as a, as a burn victim who has now made it his life's mission to spread the message of resilience and, and optimism. Man, uh, I could say so many more things, but J.R. Martinez, how you feeling, bro? Yo, appreciate that introduction, man. That was money. I, like, I, I might have to like hit you up and see if you can come on the road with me to be like my hype man and do I all the introductions. You. Because, man, when I when I do, you know, as a speaker now, I find myself in a lot of these corporate rooms and, and, and doing a lot of these, you know, conferences, annual conferences and stuff. And sometimes the introductions don't be on point. And so it'd be great, man, to be like, they'd be like, all right, we're going to have someone internal do an introduction. Right. Like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I got my guy. I got my guy. We, let's just give him a mic. Give him a handheld. Let him go. Let him do his thing. But no, man, it, it's a pleasure to be here with you, man. Appreciate, you know, you accepting, you know, the embracing that email and reaching back out and inviting me to come on. And, you know, the thing that really stood out to me, man, was just the title. 
you know, and, and it was just something that really understanding what the show is about and the title just really captivated me. And I feel like there's so many areas and spaces that we can, you know, wrap on as we talked about a little bit before we even hit record. So just yeah. thanks for having me, man. I'm stoked to be here. Of course, of course, bro. And I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting time right now. And I, I the word interesting is I say it loosely because there's so much going on in the world, you know, and and I was kind of debating of what I wanted to do with this episode, you know, even maybe pushing it back because all of that happened in, in Buffalo, the tragedy, you know. Um, but I ultimately decided that I think at, at times like this, people need to hear words of encouragement. They need to hear, uh, you know, words of positivity and, and stories to be inspired, because I think we've all probably spent the last few days just watching the news and and reading the the stories and, and hearing more about the victims of the of the tragedy, the the hate crime that happened in Buffalo, New York. So, um, I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll get to that on, on Thursday's episode. when We talk about some of the headlines, but I thought it was important to to have somebody like yourself on today's show who who can possibly, you know, uplift people a little bit and show them some of the good that that does exist in this world, which I think is incredibly important. No, oh, yeah, man. No, you're absolutely right. And and you know, I think in moments like this, we all have to be willing to lean on each other. And you know, the thing is is that we all have to be willing to um we need to be in a space of where we listen. We listen to the 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 victims, to the family members of the victims. We listen to yeah you know, what's really going on. We pay attention um, and we can understand and gather our thoughts. But most importantly, I think we also then need to realize from that is we all have a voice and we all have to speak up and we all have to stand for something and we got to say this isn't allowed and, and you, we need to build allies, you know, and, and you need allies that are from the same community as that individual that committed those, mm -hmm. the, the, this horrible crime and, and to be able to say, no, nah, we don't stand for that. We don't validate that. We don't support that. And you know, you just need more people to be able to be vocal and, and just come out and just support one another. And, you know, listen, man, I mean, you know, it's 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 not easy, um, you know, but but thing for me, I always try to I try and it's hard. I try mm -hmm. is always just just show from a place of love still. And mm -hmm. despite what negativity and energy is out in the world, I'm always just trying to show from 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 operating from a place of love and. How can yeah. I be of service to somebody else and hoping that that makes a difference in somebody else's life, whether it's somebody that's thinking something negatively and, and mm -hmm. thinking about doing something or if it's somebody else that is, you know, um, sort of suffering from something. It's just trying to get people to understand that, listen, we're, we're in this together and we can all learn from one another if we're willing to just pay attention to each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think very well said. I think that that's. You know, I think that the core to overcoming a lot of things in life is just finding a way to let lo love lead you. You know what I mean? And and allowing that to, to really be your your guiding light. And I mean, I think your story is a testament to that. So I, I do want to get into that um, for our, our listeners at home. Normally, I have a few different segments that I do on the podcast, but I kind of wanted to just clear the slate today and really just dive into your story and, and just have a conversation, you know, about all that you've gone through and, and, and your mentality that has allowed you to overcome it. So, I mean, let, let's dive into it all, man. We're going to do the Army Gente segment. We're here with J.R. Martinez. Gente. All right, man. So I, I used the word reborn at the beginning of the show, right? And I know that that's uh, the title of your podcast as well. And it's funny, I, before even knowing that, just reading your story, I was like, man, this dude had a rebirth at one point in his life. And I think it, it's so appropriate to to you know have your 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 podcast title that i mean i think let's kind of start there because i think most people know you right now from your new life right and and 
I think that there's no way around the fact that your life was completely uprooted by a, a huge event that happened to you. Um, so, I mean, let, let's kind of start there. I think that the catalyst for all that you're doing right now, um, anybody that's not familiar with your story, I mean, I know you've told it a million and one times, but if, if you can just kind of give us the, the rundown of, of you know, kind of what happened to you and, and how you've sort of, I guess, gotten to this place that you're at right now. Yeah. You know, there's this element of, of, of rebirth. You know, I, I allude to the day that I was injured and as, as I do call it my rebirth, I believe it. Sure. parts of me died on that day and parts of me were born. And I think that when people hear the term rebirth, they immediately, it probably gives them some sort of feeling inside and it, it makes them sort of push away from that idea because mm. in order to have a rebirth, that implies that something has to end, something has to die sure. in order for something sure. to be born. Right. And I've gotten to the place in my life now, 19 years removed from that tragic day, where mm-hmm. when, a, when, when an opportunity ends, I don't see it as an end. I see it as, okay, where's the, uh, where's the new opportunity? Where's the new beginning? Mm-hmm. Because there's a birth coming. That's what I pay attention to. There's a birth yeah. happening. There's something beautiful coming into this world, um, right. into my life. And that's, and that's sort of something that I've conditioned myself. And the thing that I always mm-hmm. tell people, like, it's easy to start at 19 years old when I was injured in the military and talk about that journey. But I want people to understand that resiliency is not something that I just all of a sudden decided to have. And I decided sure. to you know, implement into my life. I had been building up resiliency my entire mm-hmm. life to prepare me for that very moment to be able to overcome. Right. And the thing is, is so many of us forget all the things that we go through in life that have been testing us and shaping mm-hmm. us and challenging us and preparing us for this particular moment. But because yeah. we perceive this to be the biggest moment, we sort of disregard all the previous things that we've been through and not realize when mm-hmm. people use the terminology and they say, I'm, I have to start over. And I'm like, you're not starting over. You already have a foundation. You already have sure. a foundation that you've already established. You're just now building up on that foundation. So you're not starting mm-hmm. completely from scratch. You're just now yeah. building up a new house on that structure on that foundation. But you know, man, so like here I am, you know, 19 years old. I joined the military, you know, right after high school. Um, well, a couple of months after high school, um, went to basic training, uh, got to my unit, and, and which was the 101st out of Fort Campbell, Kentucky, right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And mm-hmm. 19 years old and oblivious to the idea that one day I was going to go to war. I was sort of living my best life and just hanging out mm-hmm. and, you know, kicking yeah. it. And, you know, just I was, dude, I, I was living on my own. I have car like i'm a <laughs> like i love my mom but she wasn't around like i, I had right. freedom baby i was like right. and then, I, and then I, I looked around and i saw these men that served in the military with me and i was like yo these dudes have been all over the world that have seen things that have done things and yeah. i instantly felt like i was a man just by being in their presence you know mm. and so i was just naive man i really was naive yeah. that, that that i could go to war and right. six months after i joined the military I was on a plane heading over to the Middle East, man, going to war at the age of 19 wow. years old. It all happened super fast. Three yeah. months of those six months were me in basic training. And mm-hmm. literally, I only had like seven weeks to be in my unit before I got on the plane. And, wow. you know, man, um, my military career was cut very short. I always believed that I wasn't intended to remain in the military for my entire life or the three years that I signed up for. I believe yeah. that the military was always a stepping stone to, to get me to where I am today. Um, right. And, 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 you know, on the 5th of April of 2003, man, three and a half weeks after I joined, after I got to Iraq, I was driving a Humvee and the front left tire, tire ran over a roadside bomb. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was trapped inside. Um, it, it, you know, Humvee was 
you know, engulfed in flames and I was completely conscious. And there were several moments throughout those five minutes that I was trapped inside of that Humvee where I thought I was, my life was going to end. And, and I just remember thinking to myself, like, you know, my eyes would get heavy and they would start to close. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, man, it feels good to keep my eyes closed. But mm -hmm. I could tell myself that, yo, if you keep your eyes closed, you're giving up. There's going to be no more <laughs> fight. You're going to accept yeah. death. And I would just, dude, I mean, this is one of those moments where I talk about, you know, resiliency is something I've been practicing for a very long time, where yeah. in that moment, I had no other reason to have any other hope because, yeah. of course, my, I mean, I was going with this excruciating pain. But in, in, the, in the moment, I just kept telling myself, no, nah, JR, just keep fighting. Just keep fighting, man. Just keep fighting. Someone's going to come and pull you out. And sure yeah. enough, I'd be pulled out of the hum I got pulled out of the Humvee. It started the medevac process. They put me into a medical induced coma. I was in a coma for three weeks mm -hmm. and I was brought to San Antonio, Texas, which is where the burn center for the military is, man. And I was in a coma for three weeks, came out of that coma. And, you know, we talked about this, this you brought up this word before we started recording, but yeah. uh, within the first couple of weeks of coming out of this coma, I realized that both of the identities that I knew for, that I was, that I knew one identity that I knew for 19 years of my life, meaning the way that yeah. I looked. All right. of a sudden, that was taken away from me. And the identity yeah. that I was starting to create for myself in the military, of being of service, of being a part of a, big, a bigger purpose and my why and all this other stuff, now that was taken away from me because they told me I couldn't stay in the army. Mm -hmm. And man, that's when the real war began. I mean, to be honest with you, like, because I was fighting them alone. And, um, and, I, and, and it wasn't just physical. It was emotional. It was mental. And I was depressed and I was angry and I was resentful. And I would tell everybody, including my moms, so I was like, yo, I wish they would have just left me in the Humvee to die mm. because I'm not going to have any life, you know, and, and that's yeah. such a sad, you know, notion and comment to make, you know, it, it, that because I just assumed, mm -hmm. I just honestly assumed because I started overwhelming myself. What am I going to do yeah. with my life? What career am right. I Am I ever going to meet somebody that's going to want to yeah. be with me, want to have kids? Can I even walk down the street and people, you know, not trying to avoid me? Like, I started overwhelming myself with that right. and, 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 and I, and, and I knew that I was alive, but I was like, I'm never going to live. It's like that, you know, it's like that, uh, Drake song where he says everybody dies, but not everybody lives. Right. And, yeah. yeah. And I just felt like, yeah, I'm gonna be alive, but am I ever going to mm -hmm. really live? And there's a difference. Right. And, and literally, man, I was in this space for a few weeks and what really turned it around was one day. I had to simplify things and I had to stop mm -hmm. thinking about long-term what may or may not happen. Um, and I started putting energy into things that I just perceived were going to happen and yeah. yet those things never happened. And I just had to focus on the day. And when I, yeah. when I, when I changed my focus and put my energy into being grateful for today and surviving today and making the mm -hmm. most of today, all of a sudden things got a little bit easier. And I was kind of like, all right, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can do this. I think I'll be all right. Man, I'm I'm loving where this conversation is going, my bro. Let let's uh let's take a quick break and then I want to hop right back into all of this. Hola, qué tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason, or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations. Como la playa que viste en ese show or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are and no matter the reason, 
the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital, así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. All right, we are back, and man, you're you're touching on a lot of things that like I want to I want to dive into because a I've recently become so obsessed with the idea of identity, right? Because I I know we all fall victim of of what we claim to be our identity, right? Be it our career, um, our looks, like you were talking about, you know, um, so many so many different things, you know. I mean, for me, I I was in a very like you know mainstream media space, you know, I was on the Breakfast Club, I was on huge platforms, right? And and that was my identity. I am dramas from this show. Right. And and even when I was unhappy doing it after a, a time period, I still told myself, but who do, who are you outside of this? Like, this is who you are. You know what I mean? Like, stop complaining. This is who you are. Like, what is your life outside of that? Right. And and it, I had to take that leap of faith and be like, no, I'm not going to let this define me. But like there are there were still times amidst even even though my mind was my own choice. I still had to question like, damn, man, like maybe the phone's not ringing as much as I thought it was going to be. Maybe that is all I was. Right. Um, the emails aren't getting answered. The people I thought I was cool with aren't answering texts anymore. You know what I mean? Like, damn, maybe that that who was who I was. And this is it. Right. And I fucked up, you know. Uh, and and I mean, I, I just think it, it's it's interesting because I think we the identity to us feels so foreign. Right. Like we're not in control of it yet. Literally, we are the only ones who are in control of it. Right. We are the ones who present it to the world. Right. Like uh, we we were talking before the mics turned on, like about the idea of not feeling comfortable in Latin culture. Right. Because you never felt like you were, you know, uh, Latin enough. Your, your pronunciation for your Spanish speaking wasn't great. Right. Same, same to mine. All these different things. Right. And and it's funny. You, you said how it allowed you to kind of deviate from being a part of the Latin community almost, you know, and I went through the same thing where it was almost like my own like, OK, well, fuck you guys. You don't accept me. I'm just going to go the other way now. And and then once I began to get more in touch with who I really was and embrace that, it was like everybody else just started to embrace me. Right. Because I, 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 I in that sense, I created my identity and everybody else had no choice but to accept it because that's who I was giving them. Right. I mean, I, I think. For you, when you're talking about your looks and at that age, man, you're 19 years old, you're young. 
I know I've heard you talk about you had the curly hair, right? And you, you know, you, uh, the girls loved you and that was kind of what you were, you were known for, right? I mean, how do you begin to break down that process of, of, of saying to yourself, you know, as, as a kid, I'm going to flip the script on who JR is and, and how do you even mentally realize that that's what you have to do in order to, to literally survive, right? To, to survive the rest of your life. For sure. Yeah. And, and to your point, man, it's a process. It really is a process. And to, yeah. for anybody listening right now to think that it's just one decision and one choice that I made. And then all of a sudden, everything just kind of fell into its place and it was all groovy right. from that point on. You're yeah. mistaken. It's think about, think about it like, you know, all of us want to have sort of that nice thing in life, right? Those nice mm-hmm. things. And very few of us are in a position where we can just go like Randy Moss, straight cash, homie, and just pay for it. <laughs> most, most of us are on a payment plan, and that's all right, right? right. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and but think about the nice things you want to to obtain in life. You have to make payments over the course of every month or whatever that time frame is, over the course of five years, 10 years, 30 years, if it's a crib, whatever it may be. So you got to think of life as like that. Like just because you make one choice or you make one decision or you do one thing that, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, oh, I'm good now. I, I did my part. I paid my dues. That's not, you always have to be paying your dues. And so I want people to understand for me to get to this point where I am today, it was literally a process because it was a roller coaster ride where I would have moments where I'd be like, yo, this is me. Forget everybody else. Right. And yeah. I sort of, I, I had to develop that attitude. Because if I just allowed myself to be consumed by other people's looks and other people's thoughts and how they define me, then I would have no life. And so I just kind of had to develop a little bit of like this sort of this tough mentality of like, forget you, screw you guys, you guys don't get it. Um, But that was really me just trying to survive. I didn't know what I was. I I was just trying to survive. But then I would have these moments where I would just scream and yell and be angry at life and angry at the world, man. I'd cry. Mm -hmm. I learned how to cry as a, as a, young man. I mean, I mean, that was something I very rarely saw in, in my communities that I grew up where I saw men crying without them drinking alcohol. Like, you know, I got a deal that every time we started drinking, like he always had a tear coming down and like, oh, that's just alcohol, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. my uncle, he started to drink again and then he started to cry about some shit. Yeah. 35 yeah. years ago, I wasn't even on this earth and whatever, right, right. but, but like learning how to cry without even like being under the influence or anybody, you know what I'm saying? Like just being comfortable with that. And, you know, so for a long time, man, it was really me just kind of just like, forget everybody, you know, it's me against the world sort of mentality. And that kind of kept me alive. But then when I started to, you know, talk about identity, when I got out of the military, man, you know, I remember hearing people tell me that, oh, you're a disabled veteran. You're a disabled veteran. You're a disabled Mm. veteran. And all of a sudden, I just, I didn't know what the hell a disabled veteran was. I didn't even know what a veteran was. And, yeah. and, and then all of a sudden, I started realizing like, okay, because of my limitations, I don't have a lot of range of motion in my hands. Like, mm. I can't do this. I can't do that. Like, I had to learn how to walk again. had to learn how to feed myself. I can't dress myself completely. I still had mm. to, when I got out of the hospital after almost three years of being in the hospital recovering, I was 22 mm. and I dipped, I still had to use this tool that mm-hmm. it, 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 was, it had like this handle. And then it had like this hook at the end, like wires. And mm-hmm. what you did is I had to put it through the, the loop on a shirt mm-hmm. and then grab the button. I would hook the button and then pull it through. That's how wow. I got dressed because my yeah. hands. And so when they kept telling me like, you're a disabled veteran, I was like, oh, well, yeah, because I can't even button my shirt. I got to use a mm-hmm. tool. I got to use a device. So yeah, I'm a disabled veteran. And when you mm-hmm. think about disabled, disabled already, there's a, sort of a limitation, a negative negative connotation that comes along with that term. 
And then you hear veteran, people don't even know what the hell a veteran is. And then when they learn a little bit about a veteran, they immediately go to a veteran has PTSD, a veteran is only knows military stuff and knows how to fight. Is that veteran Mm going to be triggered in any particular moment? That's what people go to. And so when I started reaching out to people, asking people for opportunities to speak, because now I realize this is what I want to do with my life. I kind of fell into that same category with you, where I started reaching out to people that that said to me for three years while I was in a hospital, they'd be like, yo, here's my card. Call me. You need anything. Right. And And I'm a very prideful individual. And I would, the way I was raised, I had to be independent and have responsibility and figure it out on my own because my mom worked the graveyard shift and nine years old, I had to get myself up in the morning, get myself to school, get myself home. I had to do my mom's laundry. I had to like sometimes try to make dinner and it, I mean, it'd be a simple thing, but I had to, I had, I had a lot of responsibility as a young man. And so here I am now, I'm like, I'm not calling anybody. But then I was like, you know, I mean, they said reach out for anything. So I was like, I might as well. And I would make these calls, man, and these people would be like, yeah, let's meet, let's sit down. And we'd sit down and I'm sitting there talking and rapping to people what I think I can yeah. do and what I can bring to the table. And you know what I started noticing? People's attention span just kind of mm. all over the place, eyes over here, looking at something yeah. else, not really paying attention. But then at the end, they would say to me, you know what we think? We think you're probably better off because I wanted to be a speaker. We think you're better yeah. off just maybe talking to veterans, military guys, mm. you know, that's. And so literally they weren't listening to a word I said, I could have literally just saved my breath talking for 15, 20, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever it was. And, Mm -hmm. and, and they would have said the same exact thing that they just ended up saying. And so for me, I started to realize like, yo, I got to stop telling people I'm a disabled veteran. Mm -hmm. And so the very thing that I was proud of, I stopped telling people I was the thing of I'm proud that I served in our military. And I was one of those that fought for our country. But then I stopped telling people because I didn't want people to all of a sudden limit me and box me in. And so I sort of rejected this notion that, yeah, I'm a veteran. And, you know, I kind of survived a little bit. But then honestly, man, what it really came down to was, um, you know, just one day I just I realized that. You can be the most perfect, even though that's not such a thing as we all know, but you can be perceived as the most perfect looking human being on the face of Earth. Someone's mm-hmm. always going to have something to say. Some, somebody's always going to have an opinion about it. And for mm-hmm. me, I just thought to myself, like, am I going to sit here and put so much energy into worrying about what people think of me? Because even if I didn't have these scars on my face, on my head, on my body, they still would say something about me. Sure. So at this point, I might as well just ignore the noise and just focus on being me and just focus and embracing who I am and accepting who I am. And mm-hmm. so then it became sort of this healthier process of saying, not this tough man attitude of where like screw the world, me against the world. I I like I am who I am. You like it, you like it. If you don't, like piss off. It right. I didn't have that attitude anymore. Then it just became, I'm an educator. Mm. Then it became, I'm gonna teach people who I am and what mm. I'm capable of. I have to change the way I communicate with people. I have to meet people where they are. If people don't understand who I am, well, I'm gonna teach you who I am. And so mm. then the conversation started to become. Let's not focus so much on, oh, JR, uh, the guy that's injured and has scars. Let's focus on the JR that loves sports, that mm-hmm. loves music, loves movies, loves different pop culture and things going on in the world, is a mm-hmm. husband, 
is a father, is a yeah. this, that, that, that. Then eventually we get to all the other nonsense. But let's connect yeah. on a human level first. If we can mm-hmm. connect on a human level first, then I think that you and I could be tied at the hip for a minute. But if yeah. we can't connect on that human level, then there's no business for you and I. And, I, and that was another thing I had to learn, man, is I had to learn mm-hmm. like, not everybody's intended and meant to be in your life long-term. Some right. people, like we've heard that, that cliche saying, right? Mm-hmm. The seasons, mm-hmm. seasons, they come into your life for, a, for a seasons, right? And yeah. it's true. And I just started to take control again of this is who I want my, this is what I want my identity to be. This is mm-hmm. who I want people to, well, people to know about me. And I started to tell people, yeah, I'm a veteran. I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, yeah. again, before we hit that red button, we started recording, man, the thing that I didn't tell people and is I didn't, I mean, and, and I don't think I did it consciously. I just, sure. I didn't promote the idea that I was like really Hispanic and mm-hmm. like my, like my mother's from El Salvador and yeah. my father's from Mexico. And, you know, yeah. like growing up in the South, man, it was like Mexican, Mexican, Mexican. Right. Right. Like, right. And it was like, but then I was like, well, I'm not really Mexican because my pops dipped when I was nine months old. So I don't really claim you know, the mm-hmm. Mexican side, but I know I am, I'm more claimed the Salvadorian yeah. side, but it, I didn't grow up around yeah. Salvadorians. I grew up around Mexicanos listening to right. like banda music and cumbias yeah. and all these other types of music that Mexicanos yeah. tend to listen to same verbiage yeah. that they, their language. So when I went to El Salvador as a kid, like my yeah. family was like speaking to me in Spanish and they were speaking the way Centroamericano Salvadoreños speak it, yet I was speaking yeah. a very different dialect and it made right. me insecure. Then when I was, mm-hmm. you know, more Mexicanos were coming in. See, see, I grew up in this small town, man, of Arkansas, where I was like one of the first Hispanic kids, man, predominantly white and black. And mm. so I, I wasn't good enough for either one of those groups. Then there yeah. were more Hispanics, Latinos started coming into the community. I was yeah. like, all right, cool. I got my peoples. We're going to be right. good. <laughs> Somebody trying to mess with me now. And the yeah. reality was, all of a sudden, these Mexicanos, these dudes had their little cliques, gangs, whatever you yeah. want to call them or whatever uh-huh. they called themselves, they were yeah. jumping me. They were trying yeah. to mess with me, man, because they yeah. would be like, oh, eres un gringo. Like, oh, right. you speak English. Oh, you were born in the States. You know, Chicano, that's the word I kept hearing growing up. Right. And so I was like, yo, I don't fit in anywhere. Where do I mm-hmm. fit in then? And so my mm-hmm. whole life, my identity has been, been questioned and challenged. Yeah. And I finally had gotten to a point after this injury where I just said, the hell with that, man. I am mm-hmm. what I am. I'm going to embrace what I am. And I feel like at this stage in my life, I'm 38 years old. I feel mm-hmm. like now at 38 years old, I'm like, yo, I'm proud to be a Latino. I'm proud to be Salvadoreño. I'm proud mm-hmm. to say that I tengo la sangre mexicana that runs through me as well. I'm proud to say that I'm yeah. Mexican as well. But I'm proud to be born in the United States. I'm proud that I'm, 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 I'm bilingual. I'm proud mm-hmm. that, you know, I've done all these things. And, that, and if you like it, you like it. If you don't, then guess what? The great thing about this world and about this earth if you don't like it or if I don't like it, guess what? There's so many more options on the menu. So go find a new restaurant yep. for you to dine in on because they don't have to be with you. Yeah, I, I, you, I love that so much. And I, I think one of the, the big things that I, I like made a mental note of as you're talking is the point where you stopped letting yourself be led by anger, right? Because I think anger is an incredible tool sometimes, right? It's a great motivator. I've used it myself. I mean, I, I credit it to a lot of my success thus far, trying to show up my parents for not believing in me, the people I grew up in, you know, this, that, and the third. But then you do get to a point where you realize that anger is leading you towards uh, a, a lot of, uh, like a lack of fulfillment. You know what I mean? And 
and you sit there thinking, I got all the things I'm showing the people up, right? I'm sitting in this house that I just bought with, uh, you know, uh, money that I made doing something I love. And I'm still sitting here angry. You know, I'm not completely happy. And you realize, okay, I have to kind of shift the thing that is motivating me. You know, I no longer can be doing things to show people up to to let anger rule my life or it's just going to keep allowing me to go in this circle over and over again and nothing will ever be enough. And I imagine that you had that moment as well where you just click like, yo, I'm doing a lot of really cool things. I'm, I'm getting to do a lot of the things that I've dreamed about doing. But like this anger is no longer serving me as the driving force. What are you doing it for? Right. Like, right. like what are you doing it for? Why do you do what you do every single day? Do you do it because mm-hmm. someone tells you you got to do it? Do you mm-hmm. do it because someone relies on you? Why, why are you doing it? Because you have to stay busy. Like, what is it? I mean, listen, right. we're, we're, we can't ignore the, the, the time that we're in in our in our in our in our, in our country and, and, and the mm-hmm. world in the sense of where people are pegging this era as like sort of the great resignation, right? And I think there's mm-hmm. layers to that, right? I think there's a layer in a sense of where people are, a big component, people realize, I don't need to be doing this job like anymore. Like if, if it doesn't uh-huh. bring me joy and happiness, why am I sitting here like grinding like that right. every single day? And I, I am in awe of people that are in that position because that's essentially what I've done my entire life. But to your point, man, my daughter's 10 years old, man. She plays softball. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty good ball player. I actually coach, I coach her and coach her squad. And I always tell our girls, I'm like, listen, man, first and foremost, be humble. But why do you show up at the field every day? Do you show up because your parents ask you to show up and because they need you to stay busy and get you to do something? Or do you show up because you want to be out here? Do you show up because you like the team and you like being around in, in that environment? Do you like chance? Do you like being competitive? What is your reason why you show up every single day? When you walk through that fence, that mm-hmm. gate at five o'clock, Mondays and Fridays for practice. And you know we're going to go to practice. Why do you show up? Why do you Mm -hmm. show up? Why are you here? And that has to be your driving force. The minute you Mm -hmm. start showing up because of other people's opinion and other people's reasons, then guess what? You're losing yourself. And you're always going to be caught up in that that cycle of where you're Mm -hmm. just doing for other people. You're just essentially at that point just being led by other people. And there's no wrong with that if you're okay with that. And so the thing for me, as I always like to try to do for myself, man, as I always mm-hmm. like to try to, um, I learned this um, when in, in, in college, and I learned this 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 term SWOT, S W O T, and you always have to be willing to do a SWOT analysis on yourself. And what that means mm-hmm. is because we don't stop to have conversations with ourselves, we don't right. stop to sit here and, and and feel the things that we feel and pay attention to those emotions. That's not mm-hmm. the way we're conditioned. We're right. taught as people to suffer from that piñata effect. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like, how many times have you been at a party where there's a piñata or, or, yeah. or, or you've seen a viral video where somebody swings and hits somebody in the face or breaks <laughs> a, a window or whatever. Right? Right. But think yeah. about it. The minute that someone busts that piñata open, man, and everything, yeah. all the candy falls out, what happens? All the kids just rush in to yeah. grab everything that they possibly can. They right. don't even know what they're grabbing. Right. <laughs> They could be allergic to chocolate and peanut yeah. butter. And they're like, yo, I'm going to take all the chocolate and peanut butter because right. that's what's in our head and our psyche. We're conditioned that we have yeah. to grab and go, grab right. and go. And so the thing is, it's important for us to do a SWOT analysis. Mm-hmm. S, what are your strengths? W, what are your weaknesses? O, what are opportunities? T, what are threats? And strengths can be perceived as an opportunity, but it also can pose as a threat. Weakness 
can be an opportunity, but it also can be a strength. Like there's all these different ways. And so the point is, is that you always have to be willing. You got to check yourself. You got to have conversations mm-hmm. with yourself. And I've learned that it doesn't have to be this like, listen, I, I, I'm all about, and I think I need to figure this out, this whole meditation mm-hmm. thing. And that's cool. Sure. I think it'll be beneficial for me. However, I don't have the time right now to sit. At least I, I know somebody listening right now is like, yo, Jared, you always got time to meditate. <laughs> yeah, right. People are going to slide in my DMs right now. Listen, <laughs> let me tell you, you can spend two minutes meditating, JR. Yeah, um, right. And that's true. And I'm not going to disagree with that. But my point is, is where this it doesn't have to be this overwhelming thought process of like, yo, yeah. I got to make time and I don't have time. You can literally be driving your kids to school. You can be, you, you're in Jersey. You can be riding the yeah. train, right? Yeah. Half of us ride the train and we put on our headphones, right? We got to block out all that nonsense on the train. Yeah. So, you know, wherever you are, you walk into you walk into the store, to the wherever you're going, yo, mm-hmm. do a SWOT analysis. Don't mm-hmm. just do it once every year, like New Year's Eve, and then you're like, right, oh, right. Do my thing for the year. <laughs> no, do yeah. it January first. Do it January seventh because what is your SWOT analysis? What's perceived as a strength, a weakness, opportunity, threat today mm-hmm. is going to change by Wednesday, Thursday, right. Friday. It's always going to change because the world is constantly changing. But if you're yeah. always rooted and, and, and listen, man, and, and, and sorry, I, I don't mean to like have this long winded, like, wow, bro, go this, ahead. but the thing that I, for a long time, when I got out of the military, I loved this concept of service. I loved the military taught me to serve and give back and be a part of something bigger than myself. And I love that. And I found that I can still do that by being a speaker. And I wanted to continue to just, just, just do that and exercise that. The problem was when I got a little bit of you know success and you know I started all of a sudden getting booked everywhere. What happened is I got sucked into that pinata effect. People on my team were like, "Yo, you got to do X amount of dates a year. Yo, you got to make X amount of dollars a year." Yes. I'm looking at my bank account and I'm like, "Ooh, I'm about to cash yeah. in on this. I'm about to hit this number. I'm about to hit yes. that number. I'm just watching it go and go and go." And then what happened was I got away from the very reason why I even started doing this. I was yes. now chasing the dollars. I was now chasing, you know, you know, being, you know, sort of this, this, this um, validation that I'm one of the uh-huh. busiest speakers and the most book speakers out there on right. the market. And right. I got away from it. And then what happened? It all went away. I mm-hmm. got checked. I got checked. Yeah. You know, whether you think God or life or whatever, I got checked. It all got it went away. People stopped buzzing me. People stopped sending mm-hmm. me emails. And I realized I got away from that. And so needless mm-hmm. to say, what I started to do is I started to say, you know what? No, I got to get back to why I do what I do every single day. And the mm-hmm. minute that I got back into that, things started picking back up. But again, yeah. I'm human, man. I'm human, yeah. just like everybody else listening right now. And even yeah. though I've learned that lesson, I've also forgotten it many times over. Yes. And, so, and then I always, that's why it's so important to be like, yo, and so I had to have a conversation with myself at the end of last year, 2021. Yeah. There were some yeah. things I realized I was trying to make up for all this lost time of COVID. And I realized yeah. I was diving, overwhelming myself. And I mm-hmm. started thinking to myself, but I mean, am I even enjoying the process? Am right. I even really connecting with people on a human level? Or am I just mm-hmm. thinking like, okay, it's one less, it's one more person I got to talk to. Okay, cool. All right, next person. Is it, is it just the number at that point? Right. And so right. I made the decision, the conscious decision at the beginning of the 2022. I'm not going to overwhelm myself. I'm not going to be chasing the dollar. I'm not going to be chasing the X amount of events a year. I'm just going to sit here and focus on what I know I do well, why I do it. And the numbers will follow. 
Everything yeah. else will follow. So the question to your listeners are, is mm-hmm. what, why do you do what you do? Whatever it is that you do. I don't care what it is. Yeah. You don't have to be a CEO. You don't have to be a CFO. You don't have to be some mm-hmm. executive you, at the C-suite level. Like You could be somebody that works at a, at a department store. You could be in retail. You could be a barista. Why do mm-hmm. you do what you do every single day? And that should always be your driving force. Yeah, I mean... You're you're hitting on so much shit that's resonating with me personally and and so many things that I've been having conversations with like other friends. But I think first and foremost, you're right. The conversations with yourself are so incredibly important, you know, and I think we all have different ways of doing it. I don't I don't ever want to be like, OK, this is the only way to do it. Meditation is the only way. This is the only way. Right. It's whatever works for you. I, I journal every morning, you know, and some days I it's nonsense. Some days it's profound ideas. Some days I really touch into what I'm feeling, you know, Um but I mean, like you said, I think I, I have great ideas or great conversations with myself while I'm driving sometimes, you know, and, and that helps me figure shit out. Man, so many gems being dropped here. Let's let's take a quick pause. We'll take a quick breather. Uh, we'll take a little break and then we'll be right back. Hola, que tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, Our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations. Como la playa que viste en ese show or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. All right, we are back. And I think the other thing that you, you talk about, the, the reality is you you can tell yourself right now, say you're working, I don't know, you're making uh, $50,000 a year at your job, right? And you can tell yourself, listen, I'm going to grind and hustle and bust my ass. And if, as soon as I make $100,000 a year, I'm good. Like I'll, I'll, I'll start you know, prioritizing my family more. I'll start prioritizing my health more. But the reality is when you get that $100,000, it doesn't feel as big as $100,000 anymore, right? Like then it's like, well, maybe 200,000, right? And that's it. so it eventually can never be enough. So you have to be very real with yourself 
about kind of setting those guidelines and those uh, ways to remember, this is why I started doing this. This was the goal, right? The goal was to have more free time. The goal was to set myself up to do this, that, and the third. It's right? crazy, man, because we're always we're we're we're, we're always trying to keep up, right? The, the, right? the term is keep up with the Joneses, but we're always trying to keep up with somebody else. Man, this is crazy. Like, so my father, like I said, left when I was nine months old. Three yeah. years ago, I actually met him for the first time, and wow. he was in Mexico. Um, so my pops came over to the States, met my mom, had me, my pops dipped, ended up having other kids dipping on those kids. My pops got into a lot of trouble drinking and got into, you know, just jail and stuff. And so eventually he got punished and he got revoked on his status from being able to come to the States. It was revoked wow. and he was sent back to Mexico, deported back to Mexico and was told the first time I think he was punished for like X amount of years, but then he came back. And yeah. then he got in trouble. And then they're like, all right, dude, you can never come back to the state. So my pops is actually homeless. He's like, mm. he lives like, like, literally sleeps on this lady's front porch. Um, walks with a lamp, every, all that stuff, man. It's, it's, it's messed up. But the thing was, is that I remember like when I, when I had the opportunity to meet him, you know, um, it, it was like in this really rundown, you know, part of uh, Monterrey, Mexico. Mm. And yeah. It was crazy because when we were leaving, there were t- two young people sitting at like this picnic table mm-hmm. and my dad, which is kind of weird to say, but my dad, he goes up to them and he's like, hey, this is my son. This is my son. Like bragging about mm-hmm. it, right? First of all, he's yeah. calling me mijo, which I'm not comfortable with the man calling me mijo. And all of a sudden he's like, mijo, mijo. And I'm like, oh yeah. man, like that's too soon, right? Too much yeah. too soon. But when I, when I, when I said hi to these people, you know, we didn't talk. I just kind of said, hello. When I noticed, man, these people live, you know, listen, man, they they don't have, they don't really have a lot. I'm not going to, you know, they don't have really anything, Mm -hmm. but you know what they did have? They had that fake Louis bag sitting right there. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there like thinking to myself, yo, like we are so warped in what we put value in. And yeah. what we're all chasing and what we're pursuing. I'm not saying you can't have nice things, right? Like I right. get it, but I'm like, that's what you want to put your few bucks, you know, into is mm-hmm. that instead mm-hmm. of trying to figure out how can I get out of this? And we just, unfortunately, our, our, our North star yeah. is, is in some cases is, is, is somebody else's North star. And so what right. happens is we don't have a direct path to get to our North star because we don't know mm-hmm. what it is. So we're yeah. following other people's North Star and then we end up doing this. This is the route right. we take to get Well, I mean, there. that's we're what all... media is doing to us since a young age, right? Like yeah. we're, we're sold, right? We're, we're just being sold, oh, buy this and you'll be happy, right? And and there's never uh, a mainstream conversation about like, listen, if you are not in a great position financially or not even just where you want to be and you're still sitting there going, buying a bunch of frivolous shit to make yourself feel better, you probably need to have a conversation with yourself. Why do I even feel the need to do that, right? What what void, what emptiness am I trying to fill? But we're not taught that, right? We're just sold these, these asinine dreams of the white picket fence and this job and the wife and the kids. And once you get that, everything is fine, right? But, you know, we're not taught to do some of that that self-work, that healing, right? And, 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 and I got to I mean, tell you, man, that has been the thing yeah. that has saved my life because... Mm. Here's the other thing, right? My mother has experienced a lot of trauma in her life. Mm-hmm. My mother's never dealt with the trauma in her life. 
So unfortunately, my mother has projected a lot of that trauma onto me. When I was a kid, yeah, it was, she was always displacing it onto me. So my mother mm-hmm. guilted me because she's experienced loss. So she guilted mm-hmm. me never to leave her side, to never yeah. go out into the world, to stay right here because that was the only thing that brought her comfort and, and, and solace. And, and, right. and, 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 and I just remember I was conditioned to be like, well, my mom's not happy. I got to make everything right. I got to mm-hmm. fix it. And, you know, my mom never never cried in 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 a in a very um you, you know and it always you know it was kind of like what i said about my uncle like you know he started crying when he was drinking and my mother always cried when she was angry and it was like mm-hmm. can we we need to practice some crying like when you're not into that that space right we need to yes. and 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 so i was never taught to like talk to yourself and get help and figure it out and i didn't realize that honestly man until about uh, I'd say about four years after I was injured, it was 2007. And dude, I was, when I tell you, I got out of the military and I kept experiencing a lot of rejection. And um, I was 22, 23, 24, man, I started drinking. I started being reckless. I started being angry. Um, I, I would drink and I'd get behind the wheel, man. I'm not proud of that. And I know there's people mm-hmm. listening right now that are like, you know, hopefully, you know, probably have a horrible experience with that. And, and I'm not proud of that. And I was just hurt. And and one day, my best friend, man, he literally sat, sat down. He said, dude, you need to cry. And I was like, what are you talking about? Cry? I don't need to cry. He's like, yeah, you need to cry, man. And literally, he just kept telling me to cry. And I just started crying. Like, I just started crying. Man. I didn't even know why I was crying. And he said, man, you feel physically, you haven't healed emotionally and mentally. And it was that moment that I realized that, one, I needed to really start spending time with myself. I needed mm-hmm. to start having conversations with myself. I needed to start learning how to listen to myself. We are so conditioned that our, most of our definitions of a conversation consist of you speaking 50% of the time and me speaking 50% of the time. Right. And what I've learned is that a conversation can consist of you speaking 90% of the time and I only speak for 10, but I spent 90 listening to you, right? Mm-hmm. And in this, in, this, in this exchange, I needed to listen to you. You needed someone to listen to you. So it's cool mm-hmm. that I gave you 90 and only spoke mm-hmm. for 10. Maybe the next time we, we connect, maybe then I speak 90 and you listen for 90, right? But this element of where I am today and how I've been able to break a lot of cycles is all attributed to this element of like, I spend so much time listening to myself, having conversations with myself. The fact that, you know, my wife and I had to split up. We had a breakup after our first daughter, you know, first child was born. Like it wasn't pretty, um, but we found our way back to each other because we, we did the internal work that we needed to do individually and then collectively. And now here we are with a little man, you know, a nine month old in the house right now. And we got two beautiful kids. I'm breaking cycles, man. I'm married. I'm proud. I'm happy to be married. Like mm-hmm. there was a point in my life where I never had an example of marriage and what that looked like. Right. And, you know, sort of the old school way of what marriage is. And it's like the woman does this and the man does this and that's what it is. And, you know, for me, I'm always pushing my wife, go try some stuff, go, go do some stuff, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. do, do, go, do, go try, go try it. And, you know, I'm proud of the things that I've accomplished from as far as the things that you alluded to in the introduction. And those things are cool. But the biggest thing that I'm proud of, man, is the fact that I've been able to break generational curses, that I've been mm-hmm. able to show my kids that I don't have all of the answers, that I've been able to show my kids that I'm down to cry if something hurts daddy for whatever reason, that, that I'm willing to ask for help, that I'm willing to mm-hmm. talk to my kids and say, hell, help me understand this because your kids are your biggest teachers, man. And mm-hmm. that's my legacy my kids, that's my legacy. And if I can just break the cycle and not displace 
and not bring in a lot of my childhood trauma or trauma in general and bring and, and put it onto them and, and just allow them to be kids and allow them to understand the importance of communication and talking. I mean, yeah. that's everything, man. To the point where my daughter now, she told me, she told me not too long ago, she's like, Daddy, I just want you to know you said something that hurt my feelings. And I immediately mm. went to, uh, well, you took it the wrong way. Mm. <laughs> and then I caught myself and I was like, no, 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 JR, no, her feelings are valid. And so I came to her, I said, listen, listen, baby girl, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your, you know, your feelings are valid and I, I'll be more mindful or whatever. And guess what? We were good. But she was nine years old when she came up to me and told me that. And to That's have beautiful. a nine year old feel comfortable enough to, ex to express that to me, but me yeah. to receive it. Right. But that's the other thing, man. though, because that you've created a space where she felt comfortable doing that. Right. And yep. I mean, you know, I can I can speak to my own situation and a lot of other Latinos like we're not the type who have those real conversations. It's like what your parents say, go. And if you question anything, you know, it's looked at as a sign of disrespect. Right. So there is no two way street or a conversation <laughs> about there's no dialogue. Right. No, not at all. So. I mean, that's huge. And I love that you're talking about the idea of breaking generational curses because that's such a, a passion of mine as well. You know, now feels like a, a good time to just take another quick break. So we'll do that and then we'll be right back. Hola, que tal? This is Cheekies from the Cheekies and Chill podcast. For whatever reason or absolutely no reason at all, sometimes we all just need some time to turn off and get away. A lot of times on the My Cultura podcast network, our storytellers share their adventures and tips for living our best lives. And why not? With the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card, you can easily check off all those dreamy destinations. Como la playa que viste en ese show or climbing that mountain on your screensaver. I see you. No matter what kind of traveler you are and no matter the reason, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. All right, we are back and you're you're touching on a lot of things. I have a couple of things I, I want to just like get to because I, I feel like you're 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 really just dropping uh so many gems. But I think the one thing that's so profound to me, you know, talking to you is that you're 
you know, acknowledging that this is all an ongoing, never ending journey of the human experience, right? I think one of my biggest things that I hate about the self-help world, and as much as it's to its credit has given me, you know, a lot of really valuable information, it also tends to read like a movie script where you have like, you know, this beginning, you have the conflict, then you have the end, that's a resolution, and everybody lives happily ever after, right? And you don't often hear people talking about like, listen, man, I fell off the horse a few times even after discovering this, right? I I got away from from my my good path and, and veered back into that bad one for a little bit, and then I had to remind myself of all that I've learned, right? And I think that a lot of people probably feel a lot of shame when they hear these things because they're like, shit, why can't I? I know what to do. I know what's right. I know what works for me. For whatever reason, I just keep slipping every once in a while and and like undoing some of that great work that I've I've done. And I think a lot of people don't realize that's part of the human experience, right? There's no there's no perfection here. And yo, again, I you know, I think it's Brene Brown that says in vulnerability, you find community. And I'm all Mm -hmm. about being vulnerable. I'm all about being like real and raw. And just authentically who I am, because I believe that's how you really connect with people and people find that they can actually relate to you and connect with you on a deeper level versus the surface stuff about like, how's the weather? And it's like, no, 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 let's, let's connect. Um, and, 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 and so, you know, after Dancing Man and I wrote a book speaking all over the world, man, I remember getting to a point where I made over a million dollars. Yo, my mother made $36,000 a year as a kid, like I was making that in some cases in a week. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm, I'm, I'm building up to something here. That's the life I created for myself. So first of all, if you want to sit here and be like, yo, something that's inspiring is like, I went from literally being in a hospital, my mother making $36,000 a year and being in an environment where there's a lot of drugs and gangs and violence and not a lot of ambition to have opportunity. And yet I was able to create something for myself to the point where I remember crossing over into a million dollars for myself. Hmm. But going back to that point where I got away from it, because I got away from it, literally, man, I'm going to tell you something. It got to a point where I literally was broke. Hmm. All that million dollars. You know what I did? First of all, I bought my mom a crib. Like I took hmm. care of my mom. I, I, you know, I did that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I was paying off all the family stuff and taking care of people. Right. I had a, my daughter, I took care of, like I was doing all these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden the events stopped coming through gigs stopped coming through. I literally would literally get by month to month. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, as if I was my mom living at $36,000 salary. Like now I was just going check to check. And I would mm-hmm. like charge a lot of things. I was putting things on credit, right? And mm-hmm. opening up another card and trying to get a bigger credit limit. This is after I was on Dancing with the Stars. This is after right. I wrote a New York Times bestselling book. This is after I spoke at the big fortune 550 companies. Like this is after mm-hmm. all that. I was broke and I would stress mm-hmm. out about like, yo. And then when I, there's a couple things that I realized. Not only did I get away from why I was doing it, mm-hmm. but I also had to get away from this notion of, it ain't my responsibility to fix everybody else's problems. Sure. Yeah. Mom, I love you. I love my mom. I love my mom. Mm-hmm. Right. But this, my mom also, because she never dealt with anything, she always projected onto me this element of where you got to do for me. You got to do mm-hmm. for me. You mm-hmm. got to, you got to fix this. You got to fill this void. And I said, well, that's not fair to you. You're not even treating me like a human being and saying, thank you. And, I appreciate you, son, and all this other stuff. You're just kind of taking advantage of it. You're abusing it. And, and mm-hmm. it makes me feel like you don't even care. 
about mm-hmm. what I do for you, right? And I finally got to a point where I said, you know what? I got to set up boundaries. Mm-hmm. I got to put up boundaries with people. I got to put a boundary with my family that lives in El Salvador mm-hmm. that are like, yo, send us money. Send us $1,000 a month. Send mm-hmm. us X amount of dollars a month. I'm like, yeah. And I would do it for a long time. What do you guys yeah. need? Oh, you need electricity in your house? Okay, cool. I'm going to do it, mm-hmm. right? And that's fine. Yeah. But then this natural expectation, this natural entitlement was mm-hmm. what I didn't get. And then when I went to therapy is when I realized, okay, I'm broke because mm-hmm. I got away from the very thing that we've been talking about. I'm mm-hmm. broke because I don't have boundaries and I need to set up boundaries, mm-hmm. even with my mother. And I started to tell my mm-hmm. mother like, yo, mom, I can't, I can't, I can't, or I can. All right, cool. I can up mm-hmm. to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Family. It's not my responsibility to look after you guys up to a certain point. I've given you guys a lot of, you know, okay. And once I started doing that, now I'm back in this place in my life. Well, guess what? I've built up my cash. I'm good. I'm comfortable. But that's not what I'm chasing. And a lot of people don't know that I went from making literally million dollars to all of a sudden Mm -hmm. literally having pennies in my bank account every single month for a while. And the only thing that, that saved me was at that time I was living with my best friend. I was living with him because I was sort of in this transition between like gigs or whatever. And yeah. he, he was like, dude, you ain't gonna pay me nothing. Thank God, he's, he did. because then I would have been like, I, I got no money to give. Like, right, I, right. I, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating because I want people to be like, oh, wow. Like, you know, where some people are like, yo, I grew up in a bad area. And, you know, like, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. I know what right. side of the tracks you grew up on. <laughs> like, I'm right. being real and honest. Like, I barely was making enough to pay people that I worked with to do things that I still needed them to do. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, that's, that's the part of the story that people don't realize. And for me, I know it's a process. I know everything is about, it's literally one step at a time. And I don't overwhelm myself or put a lot of energy into things that I don't know are going to become true or not. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't waste my energy on that stuff. I waste my energy on what's going on in this very moment. So, for example, when COVID went down, yeah. all my events started ca- canceling, you know, in, in April, May, June, all of a sudden, October, November, yeah. December dates are canceling. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm losing, right? All this, all these events. My team is freaking out. My wife is freaking out. What are we going to do? Yeah. What are we going to do? I said, it's good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. We're, yeah. we're going to be all right. You know yeah. what I did? I figured out how to use this camera. I figured out how to use this lighting stuff. I figured out how to get them. I figured I, I went back to, instead of Wi-Fi, I went to Ethernet, you know, the mm-hmm. old school to connect so I can have good, reliable connection. Yeah. That's what I focused on. And because I did that around June-ish of 2020, my agent started calling me, hey, are you comfortable doing virtuals? Comfortable? Man, I've been troubleshooting this stuff for the last two months. I'm, I'm money. Let's go. And yeah. they're like, all right, cool. Dude, I made probably more money and was the busiest I had been in such a long time just because I was focusing on a solution and focusing on what can I do in this moment to set myself up for success to the point where I was just doing, I would do, dude, two, three virtuals in a day. If if it wasn't COVID, I would never have the ability to be able to do more than one event in a day unless it was the same city, which was rare. but that's that. But th- to me, that you're what you're talking about is, and I I love that you brought this up even before your your rebirth, 
you had you had set the groundwork for, to have that mindset in general, right? So, like, yeah. what you're saying is the ability to bounce back no matter what happens that is unplanned, right? The ability to to re readapt to pivot, right? Which pivoting is probably one of the most like underrated uh, uh capabilities that any human being could have, right? Absolutely. I mean, and I, your story about playing football when you were younger and that being the goal, right? Like that, and then you get hurt and then you decide to pivot. I'm going to join the military, right? And then that like leads to this tragedy. But then out of this tragedy, you you figure out a way to pivot once again. Like that's what you're talking about is, is this constant like, uh you know, ability to kind of recalibrate, right? And and I think what what you were talking about there that was so profound to me is is it's your your story is, you know, a very extreme way of of showcasing in real life the ability to you know make something out of nothing no matter what happens and that every single thing that happens to you good or bad prepares you for that next moment right and and that's why i love that idea that you were talking about like you see all these things as rebirths and and that you don't see when something uh you know doesn't happen or it ends you don't see it as an end you see it as the opportunity to be reborn again and i think that that man that is like the the fucking gem of all gems right there right like if you can you can flip any bad situation just be like yo this is not planned and i accept that but this is now an opportunity to make something even fucking better right like that's, that's the word like right there yeah that, that's, that's the word. story that's what i'm seeing over and over again that's what i want people to understand and honestly man like i open myself up to the universe so much and i perceive mm-hmm. every every opportunity i get to connect with somebody one-on-one or virtually yeah. like you and i are doing right now an opportunity yeah. to do a speaking engagement an opportunity to you know to talk to a stranger it's an mm-hmm. opportunity for either mm-hmm. me to give them what they potentially need in that moment in their life mm-hmm. or for them to give me what I need in that moment. I'll tell you a quick story, man. I had this really cool experience a few years ago. You know, when I travel, I, I tend to be a, a Delta snob. I love my Delta Airlines. And, you know, and, 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 and I got an opportunity to go to Atlanta and speak at, at Delta. And, you know, I was feeling myself. I got on the plane, coming back home, and I was like, yo, I killed it. That was money. Like, I got a chance to speak at Delta. I was on this high. And all of a sudden, something on the plane just triggered me. And all of a sudden, by the time I got off the plane, I was in a sour mood. But, you know, I normally I call my wife, let her know how I'm on the ground, whatever. And But I didn't call her. I was like, I need a moment. I'm going to drive home and just be to myself. I get in my car because I park at the airport. I get to the, 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 the booth to pay. I, I don't even look at the attendant. I just hand my ticket out the window. And the person grabs the ticket but doesn't take it. And so it seems like, you know, a couple seconds. And I'm, I finally look over and I look up at the person. And it's a, you know, an older lady and she's looking at me and she says, what happened to you? Mm. And I said, um, you know, I was burned. And she said, um, how did it happen? And I said, oh, I was in a car accident. And she and just kept it simple. She said, um, is it your entire body? I said, yeah, most of my body. And she said, oh, can I pray for you? And I was like, mm. all right, cool. So, you know, she does a little prayer quietly. And then all of a sudden I mm-hmm. see her writing. And I was like, all right, cool. Now she's doing the transaction, right? We're good. I'm going to pay and I'm going to move on with my life. She writes, she's writing, she's writing. Well, all of a sudden she hands me a ticket back. And that's not the normal process. So she hands me a ticket. I look at the ticket and I, and she says, and she wrote on the ticket. And I'm going to show you right now. Right here. Hmm. This is how this moment still sits with me to this day. So she writes on that ticket. And I know it's going to be backwards because of, hmm. right? But it's, she says, Amitoba. She says, are you familiar with Buddhism? 
I said, uh, not really. She's like, all right, well, there's a Buddhist saint called a mitoba, a saint mm. mitoba, and it represents infinite light, infinite wisdom. Mm. When I see you, I see a mitoba because you represent mm. this, you represent that. Now think about this, man. But then all of a sudden I'm like, yo, my energy starts going away. I start feeling good again. All of a sudden I pay. Think about the metaphor about this, right? I feel mm. good. I embrace that. Open myself up to this interaction, this exchange with this stranger. And then what happened? I couldn't pass through this gate until I paid. Mm-hmm. But because I opened myself into this exchange, the gate opened up and I was able to go through. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. life, right? Yeah. I could have very easily five times through that interaction with her when she asked me what happened. I don't want to tell you. Right. Is your whole body? I don't want to tell you. Can I pray from you? No. Do you know what a mitobai is? I don't know and I don't care. All right, well, mm-hmm. let me tell you, you represent this. Cool, but not for me. I could have had mm-hmm. so many opportunities to shoot her down and be like, ah, this is nonsense. But I've learned over the course of my life, everything you, inter- everything you experience and every interaction that you have in life is an mm-hmm. opportunity to learn something about yourself, about the mm-hmm. world, about that individual you're interacting with. And so for me, that's just the way I live my life, man. Everything is about what am I learning in this moment? And it's not stressful. It's not. Some people may think it's a lot of work, Jr. It's stressful. It ain't stressful. Because you know what? I'm constantly getting my tank filled by all of these beautiful experiences that I get to have. And and I feel valid and I feel excited to go and conquer the world and see what's out there or whatever. So I just encourage people, listen, man, be open to the opportunity to interact with a brand new person. Be that person, be the infinite light, be the infinite wisdom, but also be open to receiving that from a complete stranger that sees you at the store, at the train, or wherever the hell you are. Yeah. Because that's the ability that every single one of us have, as long as we're willing to see it that way. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think your your absolute opportunity is the the key word there, right? You know, you don't know where any interaction, any meeting, any man, anything might lead you, right? And and to always understand there's an opportunity there, and to allow yourself to view it with that mindset and that sort of softness that you 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 know you have to have to to see. I think. It, it is such profound advice. I mean, I think the last thing I want to want to end on is this quote from you, where you say, "Scars are like tattoos with better stories." Right? And uh, man, I, I first of all, I love that quote, but I also think to me it speaks to something that I I have been pushing is this idea that authenticity is your superpower, right? And you are a breathing testament to that, right? Because you look at you know, the reality is your story, nobody else could tell, right? You know, um, shit, some of that, the acting roles that you've gotten, nobody else could play those parts except for you, right? And like, there, there's such beauty in that, right? Like you, you, you went and just embraced this new version of yourself and, and you were able to then make, you know, so much of all the opportunities that become uniquely yours because you're living authentically, right? And that is such a superpower in itself. But you know, man, and, and I said this to somebody the other day, um, I, I had this, this, this man come up to me who was, you know, burned, he had an accident and we, we connected on that level. And, uh, and I said, listen, man, first and foremost, you got to understand you're not a burn victim, you're a burn survivor. The moment it happens, you're a victim. Every moment after that, you're surviving. And I was like, even if it's not the prettiest way, you're still alive, yeah. you're here, you're surviving. And I said to him, I said, man, and he talked about accepting his scars. And I said, listen, man, 
me accepting my scars, me accepting what's on my body. I understand. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of when I get to, I wear sleeveless shirts all the time, man. I want people to see the third degree burns on my arms. I want people to see what I've been through. I can't hide my face, but I still want people to see that. Yeah. And because I've embraced it, man, there was a point and, you know, you're kind of in my office space right now. And this is kind of crazy because, you know, before COVID, you know, you decorate your office, you know, with all this stuff or yeah. whatever. And then, you know, virtual world now, all of a sudden people are in your office and they're looking they're like, what, what you got back there? What's, what's, right. that, what's that thing back there? Right. And I forget that it's back there. But, you know, yeah. here's the crazy thing, man. So like on the plaque right there, that's, that's me on the cover of People Magazine once upon a time in my mm-hmm. life. The editor told me later, he's like, you know, magazine sales were suffering for a long time. Your cover was actually one of the highest grossing covers that we've had. And in, in I forgot the time period, but it had been a, a minute. And then wow. somewhere over here is me listed as one of the sexiest men alive. Now, when they called me for about that, I was like, what? Like, I remember like that was what, uh, 10 years after I was injured. I remember yeah. 10 years before I was in a room crying and just thinking to myself, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to find somebody, be considered attractive, be considered right. handsome, let alone be considered sexy. Hell no, that's <laughs> never going to be a part of my life. Sure. But what I learned is what people love is people love somebody that's authentic. People love mm-hmm. that somebody that's just real and raw. People love that are just trying to be vulnerable and just trying to survive every single day. That's what's sexy. It's not just mm-hmm. surface stuff. It's depth, baby. And for me, I feel like I got depth. I feel like I figured it out now. And I feel like to the mm-hmm. point where sexy isn't necessarily just, don't get me wrong. It's like, um, uh, I used to, I used to love singing this, this, this song, Lil Wayne. And he says, um, um, what's that song? What he did with destiny child and, and T.I. and uh, a soldier soldier. Oh yeah. Uh, a, a soldier. But he, and he says something in that song where he says a body marked up like a subway in Harlem. Mm-hmm. And Every time he would say that and I would sing and I would just be like, yo, I would look at my scars and be like, yo, my body's marked up. I love it. I embrace that, that this is who I am. This is what I am. And because I come across that way, like I embrace it, people see that as sexy. My wife, listen, my wife's a Queens girl, born and raised, you know, (laughs) she never thought she was going to be, she dated her whole life dudes that were like six and forever height and yeah she started dating a dude that's five nine that (laughs) she was only around puerto ricans and dominicans you know her entire life and maybe some cubans here and there because you know they had the northeasts and also (laughs) she got with a mexican salvadorian you know like but you know what she says she's always attracted to me just because of my confidence and the way i present Mm -hmm. myself and the way i show up and just just and and that's what i've learned is the real thing that 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 we should all be striving for is what, what really is on the inside of you. And so, you know, man, I, I just, listen, man, I really appreciate the opportunity to wrap with you and, and to share a little bit about my story with your listeners. And I think that you and I will be connected for a minute. Um, yeah. you know, but you know, man, it's, it's, I want people to understand something, right? This is May mental health yeah. awareness month, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's wrap on this for a second. What I want people yeah. to understand is the power of the mind. In mm-hmm. 2000, when, and I'm sorry, when, and, and when I was 16 years old, because I, I couldn't figure out where I fit in and where I belong, you know mm-hmm. what I told my mom one day? She caught me crying in my room. And I told her, sometimes I think about getting into a car accident just because I want to see how many people give a shit, just because mm-hmm. I want to see how many people would show up. Listen, man, we're 2022. If we heard a 16-year-old say those very words, we all probably, hopefully would respond and react differently and be like, yo, you okay? We got to figure this out. 
Right. My mom, all she knew was to be like, I love you, give you a hug, let's go eat something, right? That yeah. was what my mom would yeah. do. Let's pray about it. Exactly. Three yeah. years later, I was in a car accident. Not a traditional car accident, but I was in a car accident. Guess what I mm-hmm. found out, Drop? I found out how many people actually care about me. In 2003, mm-hmm. when I was in the hospital recovering, every evening, it was free time for my mom and I just to kind of talk, watch TV, hang out. My mom would always put, put on novelas, always mm-hmm. put on novelas. And then, you know, like novelas, man, you could just watch one hour and all of a sudden you're hooked. And then right, you're like, right. I know what she did to him. I know what he yeah. did to her. I know who's trying to do what. And right. I remember jokingly telling my mom, one day I'm going to be on a soap opera. Hmm. Clowning. She said, oh, really? I, she said, what's the storyline going to be? I was like, I don't know. I'm going to have you a fly, honey, a love interest. That's all I joked around about. Five years later, I was on a soap opera. Not a novella, but an American, all my children's soap opera. The reason I tell this story, man, the power of the mind, what you tell yourself, what you feed your mind, what you feed your heart, what you feed your soul, believe it, my friends, good, bad, and different, it can happen. And so you got to choose your words carefully. You got to choose your thoughts carefully. And if you're 16 and then you have those thoughts, and if you're 47 and you have those thoughts, and if you're anywhere in between on either end of it, I want you to understand you're not alone. Mm-hmm. I still, to this day, I got my people that I know I can tap and be like, yo, I need to rap about something. I need to talk about something. I'm not there right now. My energies aren't mm-hmm. connected. And they listen and they help me reconnect my energy. I'm, I plead to you, if you have those thoughts, if you struggle from time to time, it's, it's perfectly okay. You're normal. Find mm-hmm. your people. But you only find your people if you're willing to be vulnerable. As Brene Brown says, in that vulnerability, you find community. And I just want people, especially Latinos, if, if Latinos yeah. are listening right now, listen, it's not what we're trained and conditioned to do, but we, mm-hmm. are, we have the opportunity to be the one to set the precedence moving forward for our family, for our culture, for our peoples, and we have to be willing to embrace that. So just, just wanted to plug that real quick because I think it's so important for people to understand that I too had negative thoughts. And I was in, in the very thing that I was, I wanted to happen, happened. I also had positive thoughts and the very thing that I wanted to happen, happened. What are you going to feed yourself? I love that, my bro. What a, a powerful way to end. Uh, where can people follow you, man? I, I, I re- First of all, I want to say I appreciate this conversation, but I want people to, to go and check out all that you're doing, all that you're working on, because I just think that, you know, uh, having a mentor like this in your life, even if it's not necessarily somebody you physically know, but just being able to hear these types of conversations on a regular basis is incredibly important. So, I mean, push the people to, to where they can, can check you out and follow all that you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Um, I mean, you can just hit me up on Instagram. I am JR Martinez. Um, from there, there's a you know connection to my website, which is jrmartinez.com. But, you know, the biggest thing, man, is I love to connect with people. So if you just want to r- hit me up and just say, yo, I heard you on Life as a Gringo and just, you know, share some love and just, you know, ask a question or whatever, come hit me up. I love the opportunity to interact with people. So um, just, 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 you know, just thank you for the love, man. And I just hope that people are out there listening, are able to take something away from this conversation that you and I have had. Absolutely. I mean, I listen, I've taken something away from it and you know, this is uh, what I do for a living. So, I mean, I can, I, I can only imagine people at home, man. So I thank you so much for your time and for your, your vulnerability, man, for real. Yeah, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work, man. Man, big shout out to my guest this week, J.R. Martinez. Uh, it just 
a really moving conversation. You know, I, I feel like I know I personally took a lot out of that. I can imagine that other people, it, I'm sure it resonated with them, you know, his story, his vulnerability. And I think, man, so much I want to I want to kind of encapsulate. So let, let's do that. We'll 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 kind of tie everything we talked about in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Man, so I, I think for me, I'm I'm incredibly moved by this conversation for a number of reasons, you know, but I think one of the big takeaways I, I have to point out is JR talking about even after all that he's gone through, all that he has to be grateful for when it comes to his life and, and, and now this uh, career that has transpired as a result of this, this, you know, really horrific incident that he went through. It, it was refreshing to hear him say he still has his bad days, right? He talks about being on that plane and just, you know, getting in a bad mood afterwards after he felt he just killed it at this huge conference and, you know, talking about, you know, some of the marital issues he went through with his wife and having to overcome that and 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 all of the above, right? I, I just think that that's so incredibly important because we're in this age of everybody's a self-help guru, right? Everybody's giving out advice and, and listen, you know, myself guilty as charged. But I, I think it's incredibly important and I try and make it a point for myself, you know, to to show you that it's not always sunshine and rainbows, that there are, you know, deviations that at times, even when you know, you know, what you should be doing, you sometimes end up doing the opposite or you sometimes forget all that you've learned and you have to kind of realign yourself with your your values, you know, once again. When I did the, the Hoffman process, the, the personal growth retreat, they talk about, you know, your your left and your right road. And your right road being kind of your ideal road, who you want to be, and the left road, you know, being the the negative road, right? All that that uh, that that happens, all the the negative patterns that you have in your life, all the negative emotions and things that you you know don't want as a part of your life, and that the analogy that I heard, and I think I talked about this on the episode, was you know the goal isn't to just be walking on that right road at all times, to be on that good road at all times, because that's just not realistic for us as humans. But the goal should be that pendulum that that just swings, right? And it's going to swing to the left road every once in a while. And the hope is that it's just swinging towards the right just a bit more um, or that it's at least sort of balanced in the middle. And that's the, the sort of realistic goal when it comes to being a human being. You know, we are all going to do so much self-help work, some spiritual work. I'm, and I just, you know, speaking for the, the general people who listen to this, I, I'd imagine a lot of you listen to podcasts or read books or um, have some sort of self-help interest in your in your mind. And I know it's really easy, and I say that from my own personal experience, that you think to yourself sometimes, shit, I've gone through so much personal growth work, and I still have days where I wake up feeling depressed. I still have days where I lash out at people, where I get angry, where I get sad, where I get anxiety, any of the other things that I'm, I'm working on, right? Or the, thing, the days that I don't feel like I'm good enough, I still have those days. And, and uh, it, it's a battle but you can't shame yourself for that. You observe it. What What is causing this feeling today? What What happened um, that is making me think this way today? But I'm not going to shame myself for having the human experience, right? It's a part of the journey. We're going to have our good days. We're going to have our bad days, you know, and and that's okay. You know, the, the idea is that you are just motivated enough and that you have conversations with yourself enough that you're then able to recognize when you need to give yourself that extra push to get back on you know, your your right road. And I think to me, that was one of the more profound things to take away from this conversation. And then lastly, I think the one thing he said was being able to look at every situation, you know, if it like an end 
of a of a job or an end of this or an end of that as the the opportunity to be reborn again now, right? The opportunity to do something else. And I think that's such a a beautiful way to look at it. Nothing ends, you know, it everything just becomes reborn, right? I'm obviously loosely paraphrasing and not saying it as eloquently as JR does, but when you can look at things like that in your life, when you can look at a door being slammed in your face, a a no coming through from a job or uh, getting fired from a job and then look at it as what is the opportunity here? What am I now able to to be freed up to explore that I wouldn't have been had this thing have kept going on, right? And I think that's the, the the really important way to reframe your mind or look at his situation, you know, a really horrific accident, but you know, he went through the human experience of feeling bad for himself and getting angry and all of the above. But then he saw the opportunity in it. And 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 that's what he ran with. And I love that 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 quote, scars are like tattoos with better stories. Right. And and he now made his scars something to be proud of. Right. He understood that this is now his his superpower, that this gives him the ability to do things that nobody else on this earth are, are qualified to do, to hold positions, to hold acting roles, to have conversations that other people are not qualified to have. And he is the only one. He is the specialist on this because he is truly embracing his unique authenticity. And we all have that in us. We all have something in us that is completely unique to just us. And that's something, man, I love for everybody to, to keep in mind. Uh, now, I'm going to give his social once again. It's uh, at I am J.R. Martinez on Instagram. And uh, man, I, I just love this conversation with, with him. And I'm, I'm really moved by it. And it's definitely one that I think I'm going to probably re-listen to to just keep catching some of those gems that, that he shared. So, man, uh, thank you, J.R., for, for hopping on. And thank you all so much for, for participating. If something resonated with you, please, you know, uh, DM me, comment, whatever it is. I'd love to hear what part of this, you know, moved you and made you feel something. And man, we'll uh, we'll be back on Thursday, and we'll we'll get into a lot of the the man stuff that's going on in the world right now. As heavy as it is, I hope that this was a a welcome break from it, and and you know brought you a little bit of of positivity and and hopefulness, I should say, in your day. I know it definitely energized me uh, a bit, but you know we do have to face the demons of the world, and we'll we'll do that on Thursday as we break down uh, the headlines for our Thursday trends episode. With that said. Man, uh, enjoy uh, your week in the the meantime, and uh, and leave us a, a review if any any of this is resonating with you wherever you're listening. If you could leave us five stars, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'll catch y'all on Thursday for our Thursday trends episode. Until then, stay safe. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. Between recording the next episode of my podcast, running a business, and all of the things life throws my way, sometimes it's good to just get away. Hola, ¿qué tal? It's Chiquis here. And let me tell you, I love booking a trip where I can escape. There's nothing like spending a few days at the beach, relaxing, and spending time with family. No matter what kind of traveler you are, and no matter your reasons, the Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card is the way to go. If you travel, you know. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria 
bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. 